because I would make you fishers of men. Yes. And she said that when he did. thousands being killed you will remain unscathed and unharmed you will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment for they will be paid back for what they have done when we live our lives within the shadow of god most high our secret hiding place we will always be shielded from harm how then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us god sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go defending you from all harm if you walk into a trap they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. 
He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands of people. everybody. So good to see you tonight. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship. This is our Wednesday night refreshing time. And if you're watching online, we just say welcome and hello to you. Thanks for joining us. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that we can gather here in this place at this time, Lord, to experience your goodness, your grace, and your power. And Lord, we just honor you, bless you, and praise you, and welcome your presence here. May you overflow and do great and mighty things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
we give you glory and honor and praise in this place. We love you, Lord, because you're so good. You're true and faithful. There's none like you. We glorify you, Lord. We lift up the name of Jesus in this place. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Refresh us and bless us and touch us and fill us. Oh, we glorify you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. You remain always the same. You never change. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your holy name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, we know that you are here and you are with us. Because you said in your word where two or three are gathered in your name, you are in the midst. So, Lord, you're here. You're ready to do something. You're ready to say something. And, Lord, we just listen to you now. For I never come to my people empty-handed. I've come to give you, to give you life, give you direction, give you help, give you strength. For I have the things that will help you and put you over. I have the things that will give you the advantage. So take from me. Receive what I've given to you. Put it to use. And watch the results that will be produced. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Glory to God. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Hallelujah. Well, I tell you what, God is so good. Does he ever have a bad day? A down day? Never has a bad hair day? He never, he'll never wake up on the wrong side of the bed because he never sleeps or slumbers. Right? And uh, if God before you, what can be against you? Nothing. And God is with you, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we've come in God's house tonight to hear God's word and to watch his spirit display and demonstrate what he says. And uh, the word and the spirit work together. And if you're here and you would like to invest in the kingdom of God, you can. You can do that any time during the service. If you're watching this online or whenever you watch this, if it's live or at another time, you can also participate as well. And uh, you can give through our website. And, and Father, I just speak the blessing over every giver and gift, Father. And I thank you, Lord, as they give, that you would receive that gift. And Lord, you would in turn 
Bless them and prosper them and protect them and provide for them and enrich them, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, Father, that you are a good rewarder. And we just bless your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen. And we're so grateful for those who help in our kids. They teach our kids with our kids' life, kids living in faith on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday every day. Right? Kids live in faith every day. And uh, we're so grateful that our teachers and uh, kids are anointed and they're learning the Word of God. So we want to dismiss them now to their class. Thank you, kids. Have a great class. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, how many would like to know how to get to where God wants you to be? You know, God's got somewhere for you to be. He's got something that he has prepared for you. He has got a place, a people, a purpose, and an assignment for every person. But not everybody gets to where God wants them to be. And tonight I want to help you. Get there. Get to where God wants you to be. Because I got to where God wanted me to be. And uh, his word works all across the board. You know, God gave us his word because it is the most practical and powerful living book that you could ever have in your possession. The Bible is the very word of God. And it's life-giving. And um, just as I got to where I needed to be, I'm, I know that God's going to help you get to where you need to be. I want you to look first at Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. You may have heard this scripture at one time or another. And uh, we're going to start here. And I even have... Uh, some pictures for you. Hallelujah. And um, you know, if you're going to find where God wants you to be, you have to be willing. And you have to be diligent. And you have to be sincere. And you have to seek. You have to go after it. In other words, you have to go after God. Everything that God wants you to have and all that he wants you to do is not automatic. It does require your participation. And in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Now he is talking about the captivity of Israel, but it applies to us also today. Jeremiah 29:11 For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Say God thinks about me. You are on God's mind. You always have been. And there are thoughts that he thinks towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace. Peace means nothing missing, nothing broken. He is the Prince of Peace, 
And he will give you, actually, peace that passes understanding will come on you and keep your heart and your mind. But that's if you're calling on him in prayer. He says, I know the thoughts that I have for you, towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. God never thinks evil of you. He never plans evil for you. Okay? This is written forever in this book. Okay? God's not going to change his mind about that. To give you an expected end or a hopeful end. Verse 12. Then shall you call upon me. Well, if you want to know God's thoughts about you, ask him. Another version says, I know the plans that I have for you. You know, God's got some plans for you. Say, God's plan, God has plans for me. He said, now, he said here, for I know the thoughts, uh, I think towards you, says the Lord. Then shall you call upon me. If you want to know God's thoughts, ask him, call upon him, pray, okay? And you shall go and pray unto me, and I will listen to you. Say, God hears me when I pray. Okay? Verse 13, and you shall seek me and what? Find me. See, even though we can't see God, he's not far away and he's not, um, he's not hidden too well. If you seek him, you'll find him. Say, I will find him. When you search for me with all your heart, oh, how much of your heart? You've got to be all in when you're looking to God and finding out his thoughts. And I will be found of you, says the Lord. That's, he said that twice. You will find me and I will be found of you. And I will turn away your captivity. Oh, hallelujah. If you've been held captive by anything, sickness, infirmity, weakness, lack, poverty, he will turn the captivity. He turned the captivity of Job. Some people need their captivity turned. When God turns something, especially when it comes to captivity, he turns you loose. He sets you free. All right, and I will gather you from all the nations. All right, all right, we're, I'm going to show you this picture. Go ahead and, and bring that up here. Hallelujah. Okay, finding God's treasure. God brought me to Palmyra and my beautiful wife and our family to help people find their treasure and inheritance in God's word. How many has ever seen a movie or a TV show that involved a treasure? There was always what? A treasure map. The treasure was in a place. See, X marks the spot, right? But notice that dotted line. See, that is the journey that God wants to take everybody on. He's got a treasure for you. But... He's given you a map. It's a road map, but the road map is in spiritual language, and you need a guide to help you find your treasure. All right, let's go to the next one. This is a little bit easier. X marks the spot, right? You want to go through the mountains, go through the, the oasis. You want to get past that stream so that you can get to the X. We all want to get to the X. The X is where your treasure is. X marks the spot. That's where God wants to take you. That's where God wants you, you to get to. 
He's got a place for you. He's got a blessing for you. He's got a miracle for you. Right? He's got a plan for you. That's his treasure. God's got a treasure. He puts his treasure in earthen vessels. What's God's treasure? It's Jesus Christ. That's his greatest treasure. Why? That unlocks all of heaven. When you find Jesus, you found the key to heaven. When you found Jesus, you found the keys to the kingdom. When you found Jesus, the entrance of the kingdom was opened up to you because he's the door. So God's got a plan for me. God's got a plan for you. How do I find that plan? How do I get to that X? How do I get to where God wants me to be? So glad you asked. All right. Go to Matthew chapter seven. Matthew chapter seven. And whether you believe it or not, God has simple formulas. Matthew seven and verse seven, the formula is ASK and it's not the company that makes food products. Everybody say ASK. That's a formula. God reveals this formula. A is for ask. What happens when you ask? According to this verse. It shall be given you. God's not going to change his mind about that. If you want something from God, you're going to have to ask. And when you ask, he'll give it to you. Okay? Seek and you shall what? Okay? Our job is to ask. His job is give. Our job is to seek. His job is to, it'll be there. All right? Asking and seeking is our participation to find his plan. And then the K, right? Knock and what? You don't have to knock for a long time. Do you know that God has an open door policy? You can come to him. You can come before the throne of grace anytime, place, anywhere, day and night. Right? He's open more than Walmart. We can come, we as believers. How many believers? As a believer, we have been given access to the very throne room of God. And we can come in there, we can knock, and the door will always be open to us. Our job is to come there. How do we get there? Through prayer. Okay? Now, in order, I knew that God had a plan for my life. But I did not know how to get to where God wanted me to be. I knew that I needed a guide. I knew that I needed directions. I wasn't one to stop to not stop and ask for directions. And so there was a time in my life, in my late teens, and I purposed in my heart that the job that I worked at was maybe about 15, 20 blocks from where I lived. So I purposed in my heart that Whenever I worked, I would leave my car at work, and I would walk home. 
And during that walk home, I spent time asking God, seeking God, and knocking on the door. And my conversation would be just like this. Heavenly Father, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Whatever you want, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. And whatever you want me to be, I'll be. And this took place over a period of time. I don't know exactly how much time, but I prayed this prayer. Okay? I didn't just pray the prayer. I also got what God said about guiding, directing, and leading. How many know you need God's word? Where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing and hearing God's word. If I needed, if I needed to have faith to receive direction and guidance and leading, I was going to have to get some faith. And I was going to have to get some specific guidance faith. Right? I found some things that helped me to be, to be led or to be guided. Alright? Go with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. These are actual scriptures that I used that helped me to find where God wanted me to be. Romans 8 and verse 14. This was, this was, this was before the days of digital reference, okay? I had my Thompson Chain Bible. I would look scriptures up under guidance, under direction, and under being led. And I would find them, and I wrote them down. And there were certain ones that stood out to me. There were certain ones that, when I read them, the Holy Spirit was like, There it is, there it is. There's a key on the map. There's a direction. He wants you to know this. This was one of them, Romans eight fourteen. For as many as are led... By the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Led by what? Is there any feelings in being led by the Spirit of God? There could be or there could not be. It doesn't matter. Your feelings have nothing to do with it. There is a Holy Spirit and he has a voice and he is the only way that God's going to lead God and direct you. Because he is our life coach. And we were introduced to him when we got born again. And when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I got to him, I got some power from him. Okay? As many as are led by the Spirit of God. So how does that work practically? Here's what I would say. Father, your word says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God. I thank you, Lord, that your Spirit leads me. I thank you, Lord, that I'm able to hear his voice. I thank you, Lord, that I'm able to receive guidance from him. Thank you, Lord. I'm your son. And and as your son, I have a right to be led by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading me. Why don't you try that? Why don't you do that right now? I want you to put this verse for you in the present tense. All right, come on. I know it's going to sound a little bit different, but you just say it in the present tense for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that I'm, I'm a son, I'm a daughter of yours, and I'm led by your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm able to receive direction from your spirit. I hear your voice. Hallelujah. Okay? Excellent. So, this was one of the scriptures. Alright? Go to Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42. This was another scripture that I came across. 
And it really spoke to me about leading, guiding, and directing. Because if you've never, how many ever been to a place you've never been before? Did you just happen to get there? Oh, I'm just going to get in the car and drive and see where I end up. You know, if you've never been to a place before, you have no frame of reference. You don't know the landmarks. You don't know the streets. You don't know the area. Why? Because you've never been there. So what do you need in order to go there? You need directions. You need a map. This, You know, before GPS, we had to use maps. Thank God, my father, my, my natural father, every year, State Farm would print uh, an, uh, an atlas of all the 50 states. And my dad got one every year. He put it in every vehicle. And we're, he still uses them today. And uh, one time, we were out witnessing, um, I forget where we were, might have been Lexington, Kentucky, I'm not sure. But we were witnessing, and there we came across this house, and they were moving. And I said, so you're moving? And they said, yes, because they were packing up boxes. And I said, where are you going? They said, oh, you know, we, we, we were going to another place. And I said, do you know how you're going to get there? And they said, oh, yeah, we're going to take this road. I said, if you've never been there, what would you use? And they said, a map. And I said, you know what? Just like you're going to use a map to get to where you need to go, I said, God gave us a map. It's called his word. And his map will guide you through life. And I just kind of changed the conversation from a natural thing to a spiritual thing. And man, and I just got to plant some seed into their life. Okay, Isaiah 42, verse 16. Isaiah 42, verse 16. And I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light for them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. I came across that scripture and boy, I tell you what, it burned in my heart. So here's what I would do. I would say, Father, I thank you that you lead me on a way that I've never been on. You lead me on paths that I've not been on. You make darkness light and you make crooked things straight. And Lord, I thank you that you do these things and you don't forsake me. See? Why? I'm getting faith to receive direction. Because I knew that God had a plan, but I didn't know what it was. I had to figure it out. I had to find the place where God wanted me to be. And I had to use his word and his spirit together. I had to listen to the written word and I had to listen to the voice. Because whether you realize it or not, God's got a GPS position. It's called a God positioning system. It's called being God inside mine and God has a voice. So this was my prayer. Thank you, Lord, for leading me in a way. Listen, the, the, the plan that God had for me was going to take me to a place that I had never been. And if I'm going to go to a place that I've never been, I need some sort of guidance. Otherwise, I'll never get there. Or when I get there, I won't know that I'm there. 
Amen? So, see, here's what you got to do. When you read the word and the word is talking to you, you got to personalize it. Make it yours. Put it in the personal tense. I thank you, Lord, that you lead me in a way that I know not. You lead me on paths that I have not been on. You make darkness light. See, it's hard to find your way when it's dark. How many has ever gotten up in the middle of the night and you hit something that you didn't know was there? Isn't that painful? I think it's more painful when you don't know it's coming. Amen? You stub your toe. You step on something. In order to avoid stumbling, you got to turn on the light. You know, a flashlight, it doesn't light the whole room, but it certainly lights your path. It'll prevent you from stumbling if something's in the way or stepping on something that you shouldn't. He makes darkness light, right? He makes crooked things straight. See, if I'm going in the wrong direction, I want to be straightened out. He makes crooked things straight. Lord, I don't want to be crooked. I want to be... The way to God is straight. So he's got to straighten out the crooked ways. Amen? All right. Guess what? You're going to personalize this. Amen? This is called interactive teaching. All right? I want you to read that scripture, and I want you to make it personal to you. All right? You say it however it's personal to you. All right? Ready, set, go. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. These are specific scriptures on guidance, direction, and being led. Do you realize if I needed to be healed, I'd look at healing scriptures. If I needed money, I'd look at provision scriptures. If I needed help, I'd look at help scriptures. If I needed strength, I'd look at strength scriptures. Why? Because strength. I have faith to have strength because the word is talking about strength. Faith comes to me by hearing God's word on whatever subject I need to hear. Can you say amen? Okay, so you personalize Romans 8, 14. You personalize Isaiah 42, 16. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This was a revelation that started a revolution. Hallelujah. Are you ready to revolutionize your life? Now, this is a long passage of Scripture. Okay? How many bakers do we have in here? You've ever baked things. Okay? I'm not a baker, but I appreciate the baker. How do I appreciate the baker? I eat what they bake. Amen. Okay? Bakers, raise your hands. Okay? Do recipes require certain ingredients to come out right? What happens if you're baking something and you're missing an ingredient? It doesn't come out right. Amen? You need the, all the ingredients. Guess what? You need specific scriptures or whatever specific subject you're dealing with in life. Okay? Now, God's got the answers, but guess what? You've got to go find them. But you're not there on your own. The Holy Spirit will help you. 
That's what his job is. He's the teacher. He's the guide. He's the helper. He's not the doer. He's the helper. He'll help you do. He's not going to seek for you, but he'll show you where to look. Come on. All right. First Corinthians chapter two, verse six. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Hallelujah. Say I'm perfect. Whose image have you been remade after? Jesus, right? God. He's God in the flesh. Okay? Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. See, when God speaks to you, he doesn't speak by worldly wisdom. Okay? He operates by a different type of wisdom. Okay, verse 7. But we speak... The wisdom of God in a mystery. How many has ever heard the phrase, God is a mysterious God. He has mysterious ways. Can I tell you something? The Bible says in Matthew 13, and we might even read it, it says it's been given to us to know the mystery. If you know a mystery, is it a mystery anymore? Okay, so there's not a scripture that says God works in mysterious ways. But there is a scripture that says he gives us to know the mystery. If we know it, it's no longer a mystery. Hello? If you're doing a crossword puzzle and you figured it out, it's not a mystery anymore. Amen? Okay. But we speak the wisdom of, the wisdom of who? God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the, the word. Listen, what is God's hidden wisdom? It is the word of God. The, the world doesn't understand the word. It's a mystery to them, but not a mystery to the believer. Okay? All right, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would never crucify the Lord of glory. Listen, God planned for a resurrection, and the enemy didn't know it, and he thought killing Jesus was it. But then God said, yeah, watch this. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And if if the enemy would have known that, he would not have crucified the Lord. So there are certain things that need to be kept secret from your enemy. Okay? All right. Look at verse 9. This is very, very, very important. But as it is written. Everybody say written. Do you realize that the Bible is a written book? It was written by men, but they weren't the author. The whole, God was the author. They were the, the scribes, so to speak. In other words, they were writing what God said. Right? I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. How many, how many love God? If you love God, God's got some things prepared for you. You're not going to discover what God has prepared for you naturally. You're not going to see it with your natural eyes. You're not going to hear it with your natural ears. Right? 
So how are you going to get it? Look at verse 10. God has revealed them, the things that he has prepared for you. The things that he has, he wants you to have. The places he wants you to go. The things he wants you to do. What he wants you to be. God has revealed them unto us by what? His Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the master teacher. If you're going to get something from God, it's going to come from the Holy Spirit. He has a voice. He is a person. He can be grieved. Bible says don't grieve him, don't quench him. Okay? So what God has for you will only be revealed to you, only be shown to you, only be unveiled to you by the Holy Spirit. Okay? For the Spirit searches all things. He is unlimited to time or space. He can search all things. He knows all things. He's a walking encyclopedia. He already, he knows he was there at creation. He, he knows how this world was created. He know, he knows how you were formed and how, he knows how God breathed into you. He knows how you became a living being when the breath of God came into you. He searches all things. Why? He's the head of, of heaven's research department. He's the chair of heaven's research department. And he doesn't have to look in a book. He already has the answers. He knows all things. Say he knows all things. Okay? Yea, the deep things of God. Whoo, God's got some deep things. God's got some, some dimensions to him. Not dementia, dimensions. For what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him. Do you realize you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. The real you is the spirit. The body is your house. Your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. Okay? But say, I'm a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. And really, your spirit looks just like you. But your spirit is the real person. Okay? So if there's anybody going to know, know the most intimate knowledge of you, it's going to be your spirit. Why? It's been with you since creation. Okay? Verse 12. Okay, even so, the things of God know no man but the spirit of God. How many know the spirit of God knows the things of God? Okay, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, oh hallelujah, but the spirit which is of God. There is a spirit of the world, but we didn't receive that spirit. We received the spirit of God. See, I received the spirit of God. Why did you receive the spirit of God? So you could have spirit to spirit communication. God talks to your spirit. Why? God is a spirit. He operates by the spiritual network. He doesn't charge you for a call. And he never has a drop call. It's, he, he speaks to us spirit to spirit. Okay? 
We have received the Spirit of God. Why? Why did we receive the Spirit of God? That we might, everybody say might, know the things that are what? Freely? Everybody say freely. Does freely cost you anything? The Spirit of God has been given to us that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. Father, I thank you that you have given me the Holy Spirit because he shows me what belongs to me at no charge. I can know what you've given to me, Father, because I have the Holy Spirit. I can know the plans that you have for me because I have the Holy Spirit who will tell me and teach me and guide me and lead me. You see, you got to make it personal. Look at your neighbor and say, make it personal. The Spirit of God was given to us that we might. Why did he say might? I'll tell you why. Did God give Joshua, did God give the Israelites Canaan? Did they have to do anything to get it? Okay, God said, I've given it to you. Was it theirs? Did it belong to them? But did they possess it yet? No. What did they have to do? Number one, they had to enter the land. Number two, they had to kill the enemy. Number three, they had, to dis, they had to possess their possessions. And number four, they had to distribute it as an inheritance. Right? Even though God said it's yours, right? God says healing is yours. But you've got to go possess it. You've got to go take it. If I were to give you keys to a new car... Would you admire how shiny the keys are? Would you say, man, these are great keys. And, and you see that, you see the brand new, okay, let's just say, uh, 2022 Mustang. Okay? Absolutely free. I have the title in my hand that's in your name. Would you just sit there and admire the keys? What would you do? You'd be like, give me those keys! Vroom, vroom! I'm telling you, when I, back in, in my day, when you turned 16, you could get your license. I remember my 16th birthday, August 1st, let's see, 69, 79 is 10, uh, plus 6 is 85. August 1st, 1985, I had been through driver's ed. I had passed... I had my permit, but on August 1st, 1985, I went down to the DMV. I took my driver's test one time, passed the test, and I said, Mom and Dad, see you later. I'm going for a drive. I had freedom. I did not have to rely on anybody for a ride. I gave, That car did not sit there. I got in that car, and I went for a drive by myself. Ooh, I was cruising. Hallelujah. If I was to say, I give you these keys, you are not going to sit there and look at those keys. You're going to put out your hand and you're going to take them because you're possessing them because I've already given you them. This is what God does for us. Okay. Verse 13. 
Which things we also speak, not in words of which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. See, in order to speak the right things, you've got to be taught by the Holy Spirit. What, what language does the Holy Spirit speak? And don't say English. Don't say Japanese. Do you know what? He speaks the language of the word. He never disagrees with the word. He always agrees with the word. Everything the Holy Spirit says, he speaks the language of the word. So if you want to hear his voice more clear, if you want to hear his voice, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to learn how to speak the word. Because that is the language of the Holy Spirit. He speaks faith. Right? Do you realize this is the only source of faith on the planet? Is the word of God. Okay? Alright? So we speak the words, not which man's wisdom teaches, but with the Holy Ghost. Say, I'm being taught by the Holy Ghost. Which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. If you have a Bible or a device, just hold it up. Do you know when you go, when you go through a scanner, you know, and maybe there's something that you left in your pocket. And so when you get through the scanner, they don't know what it is. So they, they have to do it by hand, right? This is a truth scanner. You've got to scan everything that you hear, everything that isn't a truth. How does it stand up to the truth? This is a truth scanner. Let me scan it by the, okay, it passes the truth test, right? If there's a lie, it's going to go beep, 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 right? If there's a falsehood, beep, beep, beep. If there's deception, beep, beep, beep. It doesn't pass the truth test. So when it doesn't pass the truth test, what do you do? You round file it. That means throw it in the trash. Okay? You got to compare spiritual things with spiritual. God's word is spirit. Jesus said in John 66, 63, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit. Say, God's word is spirit. Okay? Okay, now look at verse 14. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. You've got to live a spiritual life in order to receive the things of the Spirit. You can't just respond from the flesh. You can't just react from the flesh. You can't just live in the flesh. You can't just live to please your flesh. Why? The natural man, what does the natural man receive? Zip, zero, nada from God. Is that what the Bible said? The Bible says in verse 14, the natural man receives not, or you might say the carnal man. Or the sense-ruled man, the natural man, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged by no man. Look at, now verse 16 was revolutionary to me, in finding my treasure, in getting to where God wanted me to be. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the what? Oh, my goodness. Say, I have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is the Holy Spirit. 
The mind, we have the mind of Christ. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, but through the Holy Spirit, we come up. We can come up to God's thoughts. Father, I thank you that I have the mind of Christ. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that I can think your thoughts. I can receive your desires. I can know your heart. I have the mind of Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. Jesus said in Philippians, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What was in Christ? The Holy Spirit was in Christ. And the same Holy Spirit that was in Christ is the same Holy Spirit that's in in us. Let this mind be in you. Let this attitude be in you. That was in Christ. That's in Philippians chapter 2. Oh my goodness, hallelujah. That when I found out that we have the mind of Christ, that means we can hear his voice. That means we can know his will. That means we can get direction to find the X. We can find our treasure. Why? Because I'm not going by my mind. I'm going by his mind. And guess what? With his words, I can clean my mind. I, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Ephesians 4.23. Romans 12.2. Beloved, I wish above all things. Or no, no, that's uh, Third John 2. Go to Romans 12 for just a minute. <laughs> I, I, I plead with you, brethren, that you be renewed in your mind. Yes. Okay, verse Romans 12, to be not conformed to this world. Is that not being a natural person? That's being a spiritual person, right? You're, why? You don't have the spirit of the world, so why are you conformed to the world? We don't have the spirit of the world, so we don't act like the world. We don't talk like the world. We don't live like the world. Say, I don't act like the world. I don't talk like the world. I don't live like the world. I don't think like the world. I think like God. I have the mind of Christ. See, in order for you to get to where God wants you to be, you're going to have to operate by the mind of Christ. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The only way that you're going to understand God's will, the perfect, acceptable uh, God's will is having a transformed mind. You can't know that God's will is perfect with an unrenewed mind. Okay. So we have the mind of Christ. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. Go to Joshua 1.8. These are all scriptures that help me get to where I needed to be. Listen, the place that God has for you, 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 you've got to get there. That's the place of blessing. That's the place of victory. That's the place of overcoming. That's the place of prosperity. Amen? Where God has you to be, that's the best place. So after I prayed this prayer, Father, 
Wherever you want me to do, I'll do. Whatever you want me to be, I'll be. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go, right? I prayed that. I was praying over and over. I was praying and I was listening. And all of a sudden, I don't know what day it was, but one day I'm walking and praying and I heard a clink. How many's ever put a coin in a vending machine? Can you hear it when it hits the bottom? It hits the other coins. I call it a clink, right? I don't know a a, a better word to describe it. Clink, clink, you know. After seeking God, after asking God and getting his perspective, I heard a clink. And that clink was a direction. It was an instruction. It was a dotted line on the map. And that instruction was go to Tulsa and go to Ramah. I didn't know much about Ramah at that time. I didn't even know there. I mean, I might have heard it because the church that I went to in Illinois, uh, the, the pastor went to, went to Rama for a year. Maybe he mentioned it. But you know what? God is funny. He'll put people around you that are familiar with where you need to go. And one of my friends who influenced me, he was 10 years older than me. He went to Rama before I did. So, okay, I heard this instruction from God. After I spent time seeking him, after my faith, you know, I heard it. I don't know how long it was, but it was a, it was a, a voice from God. Okay? So, I acted on that instruction. What did I do? I got information about Rhema and how to apply. I, sent, I filled out my application and I sent it in. Now I said, okay, God, I need you to confirm your will. I've already acted on the instruction. Now I need you to confirm your will. So one of my friends, he lived 20 miles away, and he invited me to his house one night. Uh, it was a Saturday, and then the next day we were going to go to a sister church my, the pastor that I was under, he had started five other churches in the area. This one was 20 miles away. So we went there, okay? And uh, never been to that church before, but his father-in-law was preaching. And uh, the, my, my pastor's father-in-law. And at the end of the service, he said, is there anyone who would like peace? Come up for prayer. I went up for prayer. Okay, I'm up in the prayer line and all of a sudden this guy comes to me. I had never met him before, didn't know who he was. He comes up to me. He tilts his head and points at me. He says, you look like you're a candidate for Rhema. When he said that, I burst out laughing. I was like, oh, why? That was a confirmation. But see, I'd already acted on the instruction. I heard the instruction and I acted on it. I, I was putting forward motion to what God said. You know, when God says to you, when God says something to you, you got to do it. Whatever that instruction is, it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be logical. Okay? You just need to know God's voice. How do you, how do you know someone's voice? Spend time with them. Spend time with them. Hang out with them. Okay? So I have... I had my instruction as part of the journey for the X. I acted on it. I got my confirmation. Okay? In 19... 
90, my parents had planned a trip to go to New Zealand the month of July. We were going to be gone the entire month of July in New Zealand. This was our second trip to New Zealand. My brother-in-law is from New Zealand, so my sister married him, and they were living in New Zealand, so we were going to go to New Zealand and uh, visit them, and you know, because it's 17 hours ahead in time. And, and when you go to a place like that, sometimes it takes you about a couple days just to adjust to the time difference, you know. I mean, I was falling asleep at 5 o'clock in the evening because it was 17 hours earlier where I was from, right? Anyway, so I'm going to be gone the month of July. I said, Lord, I need you to send my acceptance letter before I go to New Zealand. Because I don't want to be in another country knowing whether or not I was accepted. And you know, God's got a sense of humor. Do you realize we were leaving for New Zealand on a Saturday? You know when my acceptance letter came? It came the Friday before we were leaving. On that Friday in the mailbox was a letter from Raymond Bible Training Center. And it said, you have been accepted. Amen? So, okay, I've applied. Now I'm accepted. Now I had to talk with my parents. Because they wanted me to go to college. And... You know, when your heart's not in something, you don't really do too well at it. And I tried a community college. I didn't do too well. The only class I did really good in was business law because the lawyer who taught it, his hair was always disheveled and his his tie was always turned the wrong way. But he was a really good teacher because he taught practical knowledge. And he was he looked funny, but he 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 knew his stuff. And I got I did good in that class. So I'm in New Zealand. And I have a lot of respect for my brother-in-law because I saw that when my sister obeyed God to go to the Philippines, that she met a blessing in the Philippines, namely the man that she married. He was in the Philippines. God sent her to the Philippines to meet him. Okay. And I saw that when you follow God's plan, he has blessings on the path that he has for you. The blessings are not somewhere else. They're on the path that God has for you. And how many know that's a narrow path? Right? Is this helping somebody today? Okay. So I talked to my brother-in-law, and, you know, he was like, I have a lot of respect for him. He says, you know, uh, it's really good when you honor your parents. And I wasn't going to dishonor my parents, but this was really strong in my heart. So I had a conversation with my parents, and I said, what do you think about me going to Ramah? See, now my sister, she went to the Philippines, okay? So that was, she, she was a nurse living at home. She was making good money, and she left all that and went to the Philippines. So my mom, you know, I had this conversation with my parents. My mom said, well, you're not leaving the country, and if this is something that you want to do, okay. And then they helped me move to Tulsa. Okay, because I'm gone the whole month of July. School starts in August. Right? I'm out of the country in July. Anyway, I'll tell you what. My parents helped me. They moved me down to Tulsa. They helped me get an apartment. And uh, I only had, in my apartment at that time, I had a folding card table. I had two folding chairs. I had a TV and a VCR. And I had a cot that my feet hung over this much. 
I had all the clothes that I could have in the closet. The rest were in boxes around my room. I didn't have a dresser. I didn't have a regular table. And my parents left back for Illinois on a Wednesday. And I sat in that apartment. I didn't have a couch or a chair other than the folding chairs. And I wept on that floor. Number one, I was, you know, this was my first time being away from home. In, in a new territory that I've never been. On my own. And I'm on the floor weeping, okay? But you know how good God is? I went to Raymond Bible Church that night for the first time for a regular service. And wouldn't you know that there was a lady and her and her, she was from my hometown. I knew her and her and her husband invited me out to dinner that night. And, and they were, uh, they, they helped me oftentimes. And, uh, you know, when you leave houses, family, mother, you, you get this a, a hundredfold in this lifetime when you do it for God. Okay, so Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Speak the word. How's it going to, how are you going to keep speaking the word? Well, you got to put it in your heart. How are you going to put it in your heart? You got to study it. You got to read it. You got to meditate in it. Okay? But you shall meditate in it day and night. See, in order to speak it, you got to meditate it. How often? Day and night. That you may observe to what? To do it. The reason you read the word is to do it. You don't read it because it's another book. You read it to do it. These are instructions of life. When you read it to do it, when you're doing it, you'll speak it out of your mouth, you'll meditate it day and night, and then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. And then verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. God was with me when I went to Tulsa. Then from Tulsa, I moved back to Illinois. And then from Illinois, I went to Cleveland, Tennessee. And in Cleveland, Tennessee, I didn't know why I was there. For six weeks, I'm walking around the campus going, God, why am I here? Why did you send me to Cleveland, Tennessee? What do you got for me in Cleveland, Tennessee? I knew that I heard his instruction to go. Okay, number one, I got involved with this group called Pioneers for Christ. And number two, I met the most incredible, beautiful woman ever. Her name is Fiona right there. See, I was following God. I was doing what he said, and he had blessings on the path that I was on. Okay? Go to, go to Isaiah chapter 1 for a minute. Isaiah chapter 1. Hallelujah. And here's the thing. You can do this, too. I wasn't a preacher when I was doing this. I was a believer, just like everybody else. And you know what? Preachers got to live by the word, too. You know, just because I'm a preacher, I don't get a pass. Oh, you don't have to do that. No, I don't get a pass. I got to do it. If I'm not doing it, my preaching's in vain. Look at Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. If you be willing and obedient. Everybody say willing and obedient. You need to be both. If you're willing and not obedient, no. If you're obedient and not willing, no. You've got to be willing and obedient. You've got to be both. 
Okay? You shall eat the good of the land, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. We have a choice to either be willing and obedient or refuse and rebel. Blessing for being willing and obedient, trouble for refusing and rebelling. For the mouth of the Lord has what? Spoken it. The choice is ours as to whether or not we're going to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. Whether we're going to operate in the mind of Christ. All right? One, more, one last scripture is Colossians 1.9. See, I knew God had a treasure for me. I knew God had a place for me. But on my own, I didn't know how to get there. I had no clue where the X was. I had to get my instructions from God to find the X. And really, if you shape a cross a certain way, it's an X, isn't it? The X is Jesus. All right, Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. And I'll end with this tonight. I could go on and on, but we don't have time to go on and on. This is a prayer. That if you want to know God's will, pray this prayer. Verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you. And to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So here's what I would do. Father, I thank you that you fill me with the knowledge of your will. I thank you, Lord, that I know what your will is at any given moment, every given day, whenever I need to know your will. I thank you, Lord, I'm filled with that knowledge. I'm praying to God and I'm thanking him that he fills me with the knowledge of his will. God wants us to know his will. Anybody that's going to write 66 books, right, 1,168 chapters, he wants you to know something. Amen? Say, I've got to know God's will. Well, this is the key to finding out what God's will is. If you don't know what it is, you can find it out. I desire that you might be filled. That's not empty. Empty is not knowing. Knowing is being filled. With the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Everybody say all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I would say, Lord, I thank you that I'm able to spiritually understand what your will is for my life. What your will is for my family. What your will is. Right? Okay, verse 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Father, I thank you that I walk worthy of you. I, I, I represent you well. I do what you want me to do. When people see me, they see you. I walk worthy of you. Pleasing you. Isn't that what Jesus did? He pleased the Father in all things. Isn't that what we can do? We can please him. How many want to please God? Listen, God is pleased when you just take him at his word. That you might walk worthy of the Lord. 
fully unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Father, I thank you that I am fruitful in every good work. In every good work, fruit is being produced. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Everybody say increasing in the knowledge of God. I thank you, Lord, that I'm knowing more about you. I'm understanding more about you. I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. God wants us to increase in the knowledge of him. All right? Verse 11. Strengthened with all might. What, how does God want to strengthen you? With all might. According to his glorious power. Unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Everybody say long suffering with joyfulness. Listen, through, through God's power and God's strength, we can suffer long joyfully. Why? Because we're not operating by the natural. We're operating in supernatural. Say, I'm a supernatural being. I have a supernatural God. And he works through me. He speaks through me. Hallelujah. He lives in me. Okay? Now, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us to be partakers of the inheritance in the saints in light. Who say I'm a partaker of the saints inheritance? And notice it's in light. It's in line with the word. The word is light. So you you make this personal. You pray this prayer. Say, Father, fill me with the knowledge of your will. Then you say, Father, I thank you that I'm full. I thank you that I know what your will is. God, the only way that you can know his will is he reveals it to you. He tells it to you. He shows it to you. This scripture, everyone that I read, I I did this and I found my treasure. I found where God wanted me to be from Illinois to Tulsa, from Illinois to Cleveland, Tennessee, from Cleveland, Tennessee to Pennsylvania, from Pennsylvania, from Ephrata to Palmyra. All along the way, I've practiced this, I've lived this, I've done this. It'll work for you because it works for me. Everybody can do this. But you got to do it. No one can do it for you. You got to do it. You got to make it personal. I made it personal. God's a personal God. He wants you to personalize His stuff for you. He gave it to you. It's yours. Say, the Bible belongs to me. Say, it's God's word to me. It is the absolute truth. Hallelujah. And even in Colossians 3, 2, he tells us, set your mind. There we go again, the mind of God. On things where? Above. Say, I'm looking up. Say, things in my life are looking up. Say, I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm full. I'm anointed. I'm rich. I'm led by the Spirit. I'm, 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 God's taking me where I need to go. I'm finding my treasure. I found the X. The Holy Spirit guided me right to it. Hallelujah. Do you know, when you fire a missile, 
from a submarine or a ship or an airplane, it has the ability to seek out its target. When you lock that missile on, that missile will not stop until it hits its target. We have a heat-seeking missile right here in the Holy Ghost. He will help you hit God's target. He will not stop until you get to where you need to be. And what if you fall along the way? Get back up and get on the path. What if I fall again? Get back up and get on the path. Let's start living like Jesus and we don't have to fall. I mean, we don't have to fall. See, I don't have to fall. See, I don't have to lose. See, I don't don't have to struggle. I mean, Peter tried to struggle all night, didn't catch anything. One moment of non-toil, he caught everything. Amen? He didn't feel like it. He didn't want to. His flesh was resistant, but because God said it, he did it. And because he did what God said, he got God's results. He threw that net out there. He couldn't bring it in. Partners, come here! They couldn't bring it in. I mean, oh my goodness. You compare fishing eight to ten hours all night long, not catching anything, and in one moment you catch everything. Everybody say, in one moment. What was the difference? It was the instruction that he heard. That was different. All night he was trying to do it on his own. But one instruction, he partnered with the master. And when he partnered with the master, he got master results. How many want master results? I'm telling you, God's will is, the X is your healing. The X is your prosperity. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. God's got a treasure for you. It's been prepared for you. It's got your name on it. You've got to just discover it. You've got to find it with his help, with his direction, with his guidance. You are not in this alone. Just like Jesus was not in this alone. Amen. Aren't you glad you're not alone? We have the master to help us. We have the helper. God gave us a helper called the Holy Ghost, the paraclete. He's called alongside to help. Don't just make him sit and twiddle his thumbs while you're doing everything on your own, in your own strength, in your own knowledge, in your own wisdom. The Holy Ghost is going, gee, I'd like to help, but they won't let me. But when you start speaking the word... The Holy Ghost says, oh, I can help there. You're speaking my language. You're talking my talk. That's my message right there. Ooh, I can do something with that. Hallelujah. Where was the Holy Spirit in creation? He was hovering. What was he waiting for? Spoken word. God said, lie to me. Ooh, the Holy Spirit went into action. Before he was hovering, he was just waiting for someone to speak the word. You know, helicopter. Because helicopters can hover. How about a bumblebee? Or not a bumblebee, uh, a hummingbird. Hummingbird. Not a bumblebee. I think they can hover too, but I don't know. A hummingbird. Their wings are going so fast. But they can, they can go up and down. They're, what are they waiting for? The nectar. Once they see that flower, they go, they go into action. This is our nectar. When we speak the word, the Holy Ghost goes from hovering to action. 
Amen? And he wants to help us. So we've got to get to our ex tonight. Everybody stand up. My goodness. God's got a treasure for you. He's got a healing for you. He's got a victory for you. He's got help for you. He's got strength for you. He's got a way out for you. If you're in the midst of trouble, he's got a way out. Anybody need anything from God tonight? You need any of those things? If you need any of those things that I mentioned, come up here right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.